This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Plus CBD by CV Sciences. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD oil to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new product from Plus CBD, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels. They provide higher levels of CBD for the greatest impact on everyday health. And with pre-measured servings and no hemp flavor, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels are a no-mess, no-fuss way to take advantage of CBD's myriad of benefits. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN for 20% off. That's pluscbdoil.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com, and uh, it's a gloomy week here in New York. And a whole lot of snow. A whole lot of snow, middle of winter, mm. skies are kind of gray, yeah. temperatures are cold, wind is blustery, and... A whole lot of snow. And... <laughs> and... It's a... It's a Sports drought. Oh no! Because there was no yeah. there was no football this weekend. So usually, you know, at least something to divert us with. Mm-hmm. You know, the playoffs were exciting, and you know, yeah. they, where first it went from like six games to four games to two games to then finally a week off. Drought. Oh my goodness! What am I going to watch? You know, they had so it was so bad that on one of the, I think it was on NBC they had. The hatchet throwing competition. <laughs> oh my goodness! That was the sports event, you know, at prime time on Sunday. You know, where literally they wow. they create a bullseye and they have these guys who are like lumberjack type guys uh-huh. <laughs> throwing axes, oh throwing axes at a target. So that wow. which you know is not not exactly uh, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, right? You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> they had good arms, but anyway. So uh, we're trying to. You know, survive the winter here. We're all in lockdown. So, like, what's the difference? Like, okay, it's we're in lockdown anyway. Then it snows, so you really, you really, it's like double lockdown. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stay anyway. home. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're trying to keep our heads above water. We hope you are. Uh, and you know, some of you probably are just laughing because you're listening to us in Arizona, or California, or uh, in uh, Florida, where yeah. things seem to be, you know, more wide open. Exactly. They're saying those New Yorkers are still locked down. Yeah. yeah. People are taunting us. They're ta- <laughs> they're showing pictures of them like dining outside and like you yeah. know like hanging yeah. out. Uh-huh. You know, oh, what can you do? And you can't. I mean, you can get on a plane and go move. to Florida. You can but move away out of New York. Yeah. Right. So, all right, enough complaining. Let's yes. get to questions. So before we do that, though, interesting study. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes to how, like, small little signs can sometimes uh, be an indication that you're short in certain critical nutrients. Hmm. Uh, now, we knew this already. But yeah. it, this is just a reiteration of some things that we have subscribed to for a long time. Bleeding gums may be a sign you need more vitamin C in your diet. Now, how many people go to the periodontist and then, you know, they, they do that that thing, you know, that they do, you yes. know, it's kind of like uh, kind of probe torture, you know, where they you put mm-hmm. in the little pick, you know, and they, you know, and mm-hmm. then you're, you know, you rinse your mouth out and it kind of comes out pink or red and your gums are bleeding. And um, 
So one thing I have to say is that for the vast majority of times that I go, and I'm in that age group where, you know, gums do recede and can be in bad shape, um, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And I also take ample amounts of vitamin C yeah. Um, yeah. as a supplement. And, and you know, my diet provides you know, fairly yeah. substantial amounts of vitamin C, but I supplement vitamin C. Bleeding gums may be a sign you need more vitamin C in your diet. Okay, University of Washington now reports that uh, bleeding of the gums on gentle probing or gingival bleeding tendency or bleeding in the eye or retinal hemorrhaging Huh. I was like, which a lot of people also have. That's a, that's a very, yes. that's a bad thing because then they have to they sort of laser cauterize the little blood vessel that's mm-hmm. burst mm-hmm. and it can uh, take away your vision. They need the flavonoids around vitamin C, the rutin yes. and everything. That's yes, better that for those small vitamin blood C with flavonoids is ideal for that because yeah. uh, it helps with capillary fragility. Yes. But uh, vitamin C also, I mean, this, one of the first signs of the sailors who had scurvy. Mm-hmm. You know, classical mm-hmm. James Lind, uh, I guess, uh, in the 1700s, uh, when he discovered that, uh, you know, giving the British sailors limes yeah. on their voyages would help to stave off scurvy, yeah. uh, which also caused psychiatric problems because you can imagine wow. what it's like on those ships. Like, the, you know, the bleeding gums, they were, you know, eating like, uh, you know, hard tack. Which is hard like, tech. Oh my gosh. That's like a doomsday prepper food. <laughs> which I was is, watching, you know, sometimes, you know, on, on, on our, on these dreary days and yeah. I get lost in YouTube right. and I was watching somebody go through a recipe on hard tech yeah. and how long it will last and how to store it. And I'm like, I'm watching this survive, stuff. Why am I watching survive this Survive the Armageddon. Yeah, You're right. Exactly. But anyway, so on these ships, they had hardtack, and then they would also have like salted beef. Salted beef and hardtack. No vitamin C, because mm. there's no plant sources there. No fresh no. plants. So then they put limes on there, and they started calling British sailors limeys. Limeys, yeah. And the rest is history. Anyway, uh, study published February 1st, just published, uh, meta-analysis, uh, 8,200 U.S. residents, uh, bleeding the gums on gentle probing uh, was associated with low vitamin C levels in the bloodstream. Mm. Okay, increasing <clears throat> daily intake of vitamin C in those people uh, helped to reverse those bleeding issues. So, a little, little tip for you—you you know, something that if you have bleeding gums, I mean, look, it's not a surefire thing, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, make sure that you address that with supplemental vitamin C. And yes. I, Probably could do it with like 500 milligrams of vitamin C a couple of times daily. A couple of times a day is a good dose. Yep. If you go above 2,000 a day, that's the upper tolerable limit. You may have looser stool, diarrhea. If you right. want to avoid that, keep it at 500 yep. twice a day. It's a good number. Yeah. And, and it's about the amount that the body actually absorbs. Absorbs because it otherwise it, it disposes of the excess. Exactly. Yep. Like if you took... If you took, you know, 1,500 vi- vitamin C at once, you're really not going to absorb all of that. It's best to break it up. Another great thing for gums besides good dental hygiene is CoQ10. Yes, also found to be helpful for yeah. periodontal disease. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why that is, it's unclear. It's an antioxidant, but also it may have to do with uh, mitochondrial uh, yes. support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the gum tissue was rich in mitochondria. And if it's mm-hmm. lagging in um, uh, energy metabolism, mm-hmm. then maybe it's more susceptible to deterioration. Yeah. But so... Yeah. It, so anyway, so that you know, little handy tip, uh, you know, some people when they floss, you know, they bleed a lot, and yeah. you know, I mean, a little bleeding is kind of natural, uh, yeah. but um, you know, like if it's, it's a, it happens a lot, yeah, uh, that could be an issue, right. or if you've had a retinal hemorrhage, you know, sure, think of vitamin C, sure. 
Would vitamin C also be helpful for spider veins and things uh, like that? Well, the bioflavonoids are thought to help with capillary mm -hmm. integrity, small blood vessel integrity. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. You know, they also recommend, uh, you know, things like um, uh, horse chestnut and so on for uh, mm -hmm. vascular vein problems. Yeah. You know, collinsonia is one of the herbs that's thought to be helpful for that. Okay. So... Um, Anyway, okay. there we go. All right, so we've got an email here from Jean. Dear Dr. Hoppen, I'm listening to the podcast from your Saturday show and the discussion of gut health while looking at Facebook. By the way, that's Facebook. a good way to listen. You know, people sometimes yeah. ask, you know, what radio station are you on? And it, I mean, we have a lot of radio affiliates, so I think we have like, you know, 90 or 100 across the United States, but you may be in a region where it's not uh, available. So listen online Yeah. during the appointed time. You can go to the link. Mm -hmm. uh, this way, we listen to a lot of radio shows. I mean, say I'm in, you know, in the days when I traveled, I, I, yeah. I would, you know, I could be in Mexico, I could be in, in uh, Europe, and I could listen to my local radio stations, um, and in li yeah. live, you know, with the time difference, and the same thing with my show. But also, if you miss it on the Saturday, from noon to two mm -hmm. Eastern time, um, you know, it's always on. Posted as a podcast on Monday, and you yeah. can listen at your convenience, which is the way a lot of people listen now to exactly. content. Exactly. Rather than being ball and chained to a schedule, a schedule that's right. outside of their control. Like, right. Oh my God, I got to rush home. It's like, you know, I got to turn on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Maybe for sports, yeah. you know. So Gene passed on this study. It says taurine is good for gut health. Mm -hmm. And um, Gene is wondering, I wonder if that would include magnesium taurate, which I, I suppose what she takes. NIH study identifies antibacterial properties in taurine. Mm -hmm. This is in Nutraceuticals World. So according to <clears throat> a new clinical trial published by National Institutes of Health, researchers in the journal Cell, the amino acid taurine possesses useful qual uh, properties which aid in the body's natural defenses against invading bacteria, including Klebsiella pneumoniae. Okay, which is a problem that we sometimes see in people. I mean, in it, IBD, in yeah, inflammatory bowel disease, yes. right? In Crohn's, people who maybe? have dysbiosis often have a lot of Klebsiella. Yeah. And rather than using an antibiotic to kill it, which might kill off another yeah. you know, bunch of helpful bacteria, mm -hmm. we might consider taurine. Uh, the other thing about taurine is it uh, conjugates. Uh, with toxins yes. to eliminate them from mm -hmm. the body. Uh, it has to do with uh, bile circulation, mm -hmm. and so taurine uh, And it helps can be with helpful. the digestion of fats yep. as well, and during which it produces hydrogen sulfide oh. as a byproduct. Now, these authors hypothesize yep. that the hydrogen sulfide produced in, uh, in the, this way helps prevent the colonization of harmful bacteria. By the way, hydrogen sulfide is the substance that gives the eggs, rotten egg, the rotten egg smell. The yeah. rotten egg smell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the liver and gallbladder was shown to store bile acids containing taurine, and that these organs could also uh, can also help in that regard. Mm -hmm. And taurine given to mice as a supplement in drinking water also prepared the microbiota to prevent infection. Hmm. So that was very interesting. Yeah. So yes, Gene, uh, your magnesium taurate is actually is actually helpful it's in that in that regard. It's a source. Mm -hmm. So it it can be a way of getting uh, additional right. 
uh, taurine in your system. There are a couple yes. of ways to take taurine. You can just take the amino acid L-taurine. I believe it comes with 500 milligram taurine. Right. Uh, or you can take the magnesium taurate, where we generally prescribe that for people with hypertension. Yes. Or for uh, I mean, it's mitral good for, valve prolapse, right? Or, cardiovascular, uh, or atrial fibrillation, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Arrhythmias, skipped heartbeats, because the magnesium and the taurine have a taurine also has the activity of stabilizing um, the um, electrical membranes, and so there may be something to do with nerve conduction that taurine helps. It's actually been used in an, as an anti-seizure mm. agent, mm-hmm. but you could analogize uh, a brain seizure to an episode of arrhythmia in the heart. It's an electrical storm. Wow. And taurine may tamp down that electrical storm. Okay. Interesting. So it's it's a very interesting nutrient. Uh, In animals, uh, a deficiency of taurine uh, in cats, for example, will cause uh, delays in development of vision. Wow. So it does have something to do with the nerves, Uh the, the sensory nerves. Yeah. And so, yeah, important amino acid. Wow, wow, fascinating. Yep. Okay. Um, we have an email from Valerie, and this is about the COVID vaccine, Dr. Hoffman. She says, with mixed feelings, I registered for the COVID vaccine, and I suppose I'll eventually get the go-ahead to proceed. I'd like to know if it's a good idea to naturally boost the immune system with such things as elderberry, extra vitamin C, days before taking the vaccine, or might doing so lead to the cytokine storm that we've heard about? Well, I think that this person really sort of captured the dilemma because there is a lot of uh, information on previous vaccines Mm -hmm. that suggests that uh, nutrition can play a role in priming the immune system to have a good response to the vaccine. So, yeah. for example, in malnourished individuals uh, who are deficient in certain key vitamins and minerals, they may have the, the vaccine may not be as effective. Yeah. So, in fact, some, the basis of some vaccine campaigns in uh, Nepal, for example, where they have a lot of blindness due to vitamin A deficiency, the healthcare yeah. workers go into these villages and they give um, uh, the kids vitamin A, mm-hmm. but they also vaccinate them against the measles. Mm. Uh, so the measles vaccine seems to work better when vitamin A is given, although that's somewhat controversial according to some studies. Interesting. Uh, so I actually have um, did a I looked at a review article on that recently, and you know they don't know what's going to happen with the COVID vaccines because mm-hmm. it's all new. Yeah. But based on the the precedent of previous vaccines, it's suggested that people eat a balanced diet and have adequate levels of some of the key vitamins. Yeah. Uh, I think of greatest importance might be vitamin D. Yes. Uh, vitamin D mm-hmm. might be. Because it, it has both an immune augmenting effect, but it also tamps down inappropriate over-exuberant immune reactions. Yeah. So it's, it is uh, sort of an adaptogenic mm-hmm. uh, An immunomodulator. Immunomodulator is yes. a nice word, yes. That's why it's so important in autoimmune diseases as well, vitamin yeah. D. We would give it's it really in MS, something. we would give it in rheumatoid arthritis, and, yeah. you know, scleroderma, lupus, and so on. Mm-hmm. Ulcerative colitis. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Uh, now, as to these very specific immune boosters, like things like elderberry, yeah. which we know boosts the level of 
interferon and certain for the flu. in cytokines. <clears throat> um, well, uh, again, theoretically, that might help the vaccine work, but it might make you have more of an exuberant reaction to the vaccine, like yeah. a hyper reaction where your arm gets all swollen or you feel malaise or God mm. forbid you develop an autoimmune condition. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. know. We simply don't know. We Has don't not know. been studied. Yeah. But, you know, this person is, is hitting the nail on the head with the central dilemma, which is, you know, it's kind of like Goldilocks immunity. Uh, not too little, but not too much. It's got to be just right. Yeah. Right. Mm. You know, in the in the middle. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, I would I think I would refrain from at this point from taking, um, you know, if he, at the beginning of a flu or a cold or yes. early COVID then. elderberry. Right. But in, you know, for the vaccine, we don't know what's going to do. It might help. Right. It might hinder. Okay. Thank you, Valerie. I know there things like, you know, like HCC, which is, you know, mm -hmm. stimulates natural killer cells. Maybe it would be good. Maybe not so good. There you go. Interesting that too. Oh, but natural killer cells, you always want a lot of that. That's cancer prevention too. Can't go wrong. Right? Can't go wrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. We have an email from Richard. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, are, are IV vitamin C drips now being in, administered in the hospitals for COVID? The answer is no. However, uh, doctors may not be reluctant to put a little bit of vitamin C in an IV. Right. You know, they might take a, like a thousand. <gasps> Whoa. Now, what we used to give to patients with, you know, mono is we would give them 50, 75,000. Yeah. Patients with cancer, 100,000. Yeah. Uh, those uh, trials are underway in a few places, but they're few and far between. Some coming out of China, some coming out of maybe some, um, shall we say, less highly regulated countries. Mm -hmm. You know, we could see studies like that coming out of, I don't know, maybe Brazil or, or you know, out of Iran or, you know, places like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, where they're a little less likely to you to conventional recommendations to take uh, expensive high-tech drugs. Yeah. yeah. Richard has another question. Is there any research about IV vitamin C being effective in treating C. diff? Clostridium well, it doesn't make sense that it would it, because it doesn't work. It, it, it Intravenous doesn't work in the GI tract. Right. So it, I don't think that is the correct strategy for C. diff. Yeah. C. diff, the correct strategy, if we want to use something that's a little innovative, is to either use Saccharomyces boulardii, which mm. is now on hospital formularies, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's the beneficial fungus, actually. It's not a bacteria. It's a yeast. It's, it's, a, it's a yeast. It's a yeah. probiotic, mm -hmm. um, which uh, competes with and counteracts C. diff. Mm -hmm. To some extent, it's not 100%, but it's somewhat helpful. Uh, but what really is helpful is fecal transfer. Yeah, not flagell. Well, if they use that, they use that, that but it do. doesn't work very much anymore because a lot of the C. diff is becoming flagell resistance. Mm -hmm. Yes, flagell is used. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Richard. We have a question from Dan. It's about B vitamins in cancer. Mm -hmm. I know that Dr. Hoffman mentioned in the past that he was hesitant to recommend B vitamins to people recovering from cancer as they could theoretically promote cell growth. But I was wondering if that prohibition is still recommended after years of cancer-free status. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a certain point 
at which you deem yourself fully recovered from cancer. Now, there's no 100% if yeah. you've had cancer. Cancer can recur, you know, 15 or 20 years later. Yeah. But the likelihood decreases. And again, it's a risk-benefit equation. It's like, okay, you are, if you're worried about cancer, but you're not getting critical B vitamins for, say, lowering your homocysteine, protecting your brain, protecting your heart, uh, you know, all the benefits, the cognitive benefits of, of uh, the B vitamins, then, mm -hmm. you know, you may lose out. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I think uh, there's a certain point where you would say, okay, well, cancer's receding in the rearview mirror. In a forward-looking way, let's exercise some prevention by taking the, a B-complex. Isn't it primarily folate that was studied that may be problematic? Well, Not so much the other Bs? It, folate is, is, it's true, folate has mostly been the one studied. Yeah. And it's... Not thiamine well, or riboflavin or niacin. The thing is that, you know, cancer so has uh, methylation sites. And okay. uh, there that are, are... And it's going to hijack the B vitamins for that, probably. Well, you know, there's it's a two-edged sword because there's actually some evidence that under methylation allows cancer, but yes. over-methylation may stimulate cancer. You have to cancer. detox well, and that's methylation. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Again, so, it's Goldilocks. Yeah, and, th and then there are these, what are called oncogenes, mm -hmm. which may uh, require methylation to work to, like, block cancer. So, you know, it, it's a, it, it is a little nuanced, yeah. really. Uh, however, today we had a patient who was taking a, a B-complex with mm -hmm. cancer, and we said, you know, why don't you stop that? But because of the chemo she was about to take, I said, do take B6, because that will protect you against the neuropathy. Ah, But yes. very selective, just B6. Just B6, yeah. right, 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 right. And, you know, and I looked at her B12, and it was sky high. Yeah, it was already Very high. Yeah. So no, no worries about mm -hmm. inadequate B12. Right, right. Okay. Dan, thank you for that question. All right. So, <clears throat> we've got, oh, this is a great question. This is a question we'd also gotten long ago by, this is from, this is from Paul. Where do you stand on the great mushroom controversy? Should they be cooked or eaten raw? Paul, the healthy gourmet from Amherst, Massachusetts. Now, I've heard about this controversy in the past, okay. Dr. Hoffman, and I think the consensus was that mushrooms, albeit as healthy as they are raw or cooked, that it may be best to eat them cooked. I wonder if they're, it's because they're a fungi that it might have something well, to do with that. It, one of the um, promulgators of this is uh, Dr. Andrew Weil. Uh, they say raw mushrooms are largely indigestible because they're tough cell walls, uh, which are composed of chitin, which is actually the same material that's present in insect armor. Chitin. Oh! Yeah. Uh, so for some reason, mushrooms are not related to insects, but they it makes use of the same material. Uh, for some of our patients itself. who, yeah, for some of our patients who have uh, uh, gastrointestinal strictures, Ah. It, mushrooms tend to act like sponges and they tend to cause uh, intestinal obstructions in those people, whether cooked or raw. Um, you know, so, you know, are they hazardous? I've got an article here in, from Scientific, Scientific American. Well, 
Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah. When you cook the mush, when you have raw mushrooms, a lot of chefs will say, just use a damp uh, rag to clean them instead of putting them under water. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're like a sponge. They absorb a lot of water. Uh-huh. But when you're cooking the mushrooms, that water is being released, yeah. especially if you're adding salt, just like you would add salt to sauteing onions or anything like that. It releases their water. Mm-hmm. So it's doing the same with the mushrooms, and then that water can then evaporate or reduce in the sauté process if that's the cooking How, However, you know, there's, there is um, you know, a counter-argument to that is that some people believe that raw mushrooms are dangerous or toxic. I mean, unless you forest gather them, you never know what you're oh, going to get. Oh, don't. But don't do that. But, you know, unless yeah. you have an experienced guide to, you exactly. know. Exactly. And can I just say something about that? And it was ever since I read an article about a woman, this was years ago in Connecticut, yeah. Yeah. foraged her own mushrooms, ate them, and died. Please don't think that just because you have the biggest, most beautiful tome on mushroom foraging, <laughs> yeah, don't that go with you an, are like an, an expert. Atlas with an you atlas. are not. Yeah. I don't care how beautiful yeah. those pictures yeah. are. Yeah, I know. No, 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 no. Yeah. Do not do this at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in your nearby backyard or forest. So Please some, don't. some people push back on the notion that, you know, supermarket bought mushrooms, you know, like uh, cremini yes. mushrooms or, you know, w- I use white cremini's button all the time. White button mushrooms. Love them. Um, that they're or they're toxic bellows. raw. Mm. Um, I they they're safe, but you know I, by cooking you don't really use lose a lot of the benefits. Uh, so th- they th- taste better cooked. I mean, absolutely. I remember the days of I used to love a a curly spinach and mushroom salad. I use I beautiful. use a ton of mushrooms because they also are bacon. A, they're immune supportive. They're mm. an immune superfood. Yes. Um, yeah. So you know. I just think they're they're more palatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess you could slice them thin and put them on a salad, and you know that that could work. Yeah, it's not toxic. It's just <laughs> that I also think you're going to, um, you know, you're going to break down some of the chitin, uh, that and and makes it a little more easy to assimilate that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't think you're really destroying the the benefits. When you when you cook, yeah, the mushrooms they retain their benefits. Yeah, so um, I think yeah. they taste delicious cooked more than anything. I love a grass fed burger smothered in mushrooms and onions, mm-hmm. and yeah. I like a little side of kimchi, the really spicy, mm-hmm. and just an ice cream salad. My latest is watercress and herbs like parsley and dill and some chopped red onion and lots of lime juice and extra virgin olive oil. I just got hungry. A typical breakfast for me is I will saute some scallions Mm. and then put in the mushrooms because the mushrooms cook faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, uh, you know, put a couple of, uh, you know, scrambled eggs on top. And maybe maybe a sprinkle Mm -hmm. of uh, organic uh, goat cheese. Yum. You know, for a little flavor. And then I season it with paprika Mm. and uh, margarine, my favorite. Margarine. Yeah. Not margarine, right? Not margarine. (laughs) Marjoram. Marjoram, yeah. Marjoram. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have for part one. Wow. We have a lot of questions in the mailbag, right? So yes, we're going we to go to part two. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. We appreciate very much uh, your fidelity in sending us uh, questions because they're grist for the mill for this broadcast. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is part one of today's QA with Layla, Intelligent Medicine Podcast. <laughs>